All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. Um, I'm joined by Jacob as usual and Brett on the West Coast, Jacob in the UK. We're kind of doing a little bit of a special one here. We wanted to kind of get our thoughts, get together about the last dance that's been going on. It's kind of been taking over the sports world, so to speak. It's basically one of the one of the only things NBA related that we've had. And it's just, like I said, it's been taken over. I mean, you even had Bill Simmons make some noise today when uh, about uh, Dennis Rodman. But, I mean, Jacob, I really kind of want to get your thoughts on this first because as we've talked about in our group chat together and kind of in the first pod, I mean, you kind of really, really took a deep dive into the NBA during the LeBron-Steph Curry era a little bit. And you you maybe didn't weren't as big of a fan as Brett and I were when this whole mass hysteria thing came out. I mean, even I'm curious to get your thoughts, especially about episode three when Dennis Rodman just just decides to go to Las Vegas to party with Car- Carmen Electra, who my Goodness is still a 10 out of 10. Um, but, I mean, I really want to get your, your thoughts on it, Jacob. So, I mean, I know you and the missus are watching it together. So, why don't you tell us a little bit, I mean, yeah. what you think. I know episodes one and two were a little bit of the backstory. And episodes three and four, we kind of got into them a little bit more. But what uh, what's your takeaway from it, man? Well, like, a lot of these I already knew. Because, like you say, I came into it later. The first cultural icon in the NBA that, kind of when I became conscious of it that existed was Iverson and by that point I think I don't even think at that point uh, Jordan was even on the Wizards I think he just retired so I really did not see any of Jordan when he was playing and but I knew the stories I knew obviously Jordan's story growing up you know North Carolina all that stuff I knew most of Rodman's grow- story growing up because he had a really interesting so, you know, he has like a growth spurt and then goes to like community college or whatever it is. And Phil Jackson with the Knicks, I, I know it, but then there's different, there's a difference between kind of reading about and watching it unfold and getting the kind of, it's getting the, and then January 20th, 1998, this happens. February 6th, 1998, this happens. It's stopping reading a seasonal summary or, you know, reading box scores or watching highlights and actually getting commentary from them as it's happening, like you two guys had growing up. You actually were in this soap opera while it was happening. You were watching it unfold, whereas I'm watching it in retrospect. But now I'm getting to, yeah, step in and see Rodman's just disappeared for like four days <laughs> <laughs> to Vegas. Like, what the fuck is that? And yeah, getting to experience it with my missus, who knows nothing about basketball. So, you know, we see... Jordan coming into the league and she sees him rocking the baby and shit and she's just blown away by this guy and I'm like oh this is why Jordan attracted so many people to the game because he is this just magnetic figure even to people that don't understand what's going on they just are drawn to what he does and the story of the characters are just so interesting Robin's such an interesting character and Pippin even Pippin like I'm just, I can't remember if you guys know, but when we first heard Pippin talk, obviously he's got a very deep voice, quite a kind of, um, what's the word? It's kind of a jagged <laughs> face. As soon as my missus saw him, she was like, he's scary. Looking <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, then you get to know him and you're like, oh, he's actually, you know, he's a really nice guy. And yeah, it's just kind of watching it unfold as it happens has been a treat. Obviously, I knew, I know what's happening. I know the full story of Jordan's career. 
but that's not really what it's about. And especially for you guys, I'm sure that's not what it's about. It's about getting that in-depth details from these guys about like the conversation where Jordan, um, who's he speaking to? He's speaking about, he's speaking about Rodman, like coming to his room and asking for a cigar. And he's like, he didn't have to apologize. I knew that was his apology. And that's the type of stuff you just don't get. Yeah, for sure, man. And it, it's so good. I mean, one of the things that, that I really like, I mean, I love that Jordan still hates Isaiah Thomas. Like that, that fire is still yeah. very, very real. And I just, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome that, that they actually, the, the director of the documentary showed him the clip of what Isaiah said. And he's like, it, he basically was like, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Like, like fuck this. But it was, it was very cool. Like, I just think the entire thing is cool. And that's one of the things that, that Brett and I talked about on, on a couple pods before this, we were like, you know, even though we both knew the answer, like, I don't want to hear about LeBron. Like to me, like I'm watching this stuff. This is not about LeBron. This is not about who's better. Like I'm watching this just to see like this team that I grew up with and this team that I loved and followed, like just seeing all behind the behind the scenes stuff. Like it's really fascinating. Like I'm to be honest, like I'm the only time I think of LeBron or any other player. I mean, I know we kind of had a little Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas thing today after watching the last two episodes. <laughs> but I mean, like when I'm watching that stuff, like I'm not thinking about, any of those other players like I'm just thinking back like wow like this is my childhood this is the era of basketball that I grew up in and I just think it's really really cool I, I really do and I, I they're doing so far I mean I think there's 10 episodes so we have six left I think it's really really well done and, and Brett kind of kind of along those same those, uh, those same lines how are you how are you taking all this in like kind of what are your thoughts based on the first four episodes to be honest I've learned a lot you know and that's and I I know a lot about Jordan. I mean, you guys know how much I've I've written about him and how obsessed I, I kind of am with him. I mean, you know, like I'm a I'm a I'm a massive Jordan fan, like even more so now than than I probably was at the time. But but yeah, I've learned a lot. You know, like um, I think I mean those you know those first those early years, the first championships like '91 and '92. I really wasn't watching basketball. I was too young, so I didn't. I mean, I I only know what I what I've learn you know looking back and and studying the history of it but um some stuff from that really really stood out and then even the even the last dance season i was like you know 13 maybe 14 um that season so like i remember that season well but all of my memories are are like on the court you know like basketball stuff like i i don't know if it for whatever reason you know obviously i know the the basic stuff that went down with with Jerry Krause and, and Phil and everything and Michael, you know, not wanting to play for another coach and, you know, the, the basics of it. But, uh, you know, when it was happening, um, I just really, I didn't absorb a lot of that stuff. So looking back on it now as an adult, um, it's pretty, it's fascinating. It's, it's compelling. Um, so I, you know, I've, I've actually learned a lot. I was expecting this to be like, um yeah I, I knew all this but you know i really didn't I've, I've learned a lot of new stuff or at least had a lot of things refreshed like oh yeah um so it's it's been enlightening and it's been um as as high as my hopes were for it it's it's exceeded my expectations i mean it's i'm i'm glued to it i've already rewatched this these most recent two episodes like two and a half times like so oh, you know I, I watched i think i watched the first two like three times so yeah i'm 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 into it man i, I love this shit <laughs> it, it it's great too and i mean it, it all ties into a lot of the stuff that we've seen and i know that you know i'm sure we might 
touch on it a little bit later. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I actually I'm, I'm not completely finished with the podcast, but you know, the Dennis Rodman stuff was really fascinating to me. And I know Bill Simmons has kind of taken, taken some heat. And I know um, Ryan Russillo is to all hail our king. But, um, <laughs> you know, Russillo just basically, he was just like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not interested in the Rodman stuff. Like, I don't think it's that fascinating. And, you know, Simmons was kind of like, well, like, he's fascinating. It was just like, we didn't, the thing, we didn't learn anything new about Rodman in episode three for a lot of us that have seen the Bad Boys documentary, have, you know, read his book. Like, I mean, he's, believe me, I'm not, I'm not saying that I agree with, with what Bill Simmons said, but I, there's just, Rodman is just fascinating to me. And I, I, I love him. I mean, for those Pistons teams, he was really good. And I actually, I actually kind of did a little live Facebook social on like just some of the stuff as I was watching the episodes that went by and. The, the coolest part to me about this is, is listening to the people that, that covered Michael Jordan and covered this team. Like you have somebody like David Aldridge who has covered the NBA mm-hmm. for longer than, like I said, longer than most of us have been. Alive. It just was like straight up, yeah. like Dennis Rodman is the best on ball defender I've ever seen in my life. Like that's just, and you think about that statement from every single person that he's seen. And even, you know, kind of as they were hyping up this doc, um, Mike Breen was on the podcast with Zach Lowe. And he just just talking about, again, I don't want to bring up LeBron quite yet or even if we want to, but he was just like, you he, Michael Jordan's the greatest player he's ever seen. And Chicago Stadium's Michael Jordan with the greatest wing defenders they've ever seen. It's really, really cool listening to these announcers and media members that have covered the game for so long just have these opinions on him. Like when I heard that Dennis Rodman thing, I was like, whoa, like that – that carries weight coming from yeah. him. And he was just a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating player, you know? And I think when he kind of got to the bulls, I know I mean, he was, he was, he was kind of on his way out, especially that last year. I mean, he only lasted, I want to say a, a, the next season, maybe I want to say I could be wrong on that. I think it was like 36 games. He actually played or, or something along those lines, but it was just, it's awesome, man. Like I'm just, I'm just, my nostalgia level is, is through the roof and I'm just eating, eating this entire shit up like you also have you know john sally says and i know brett you liked it when you know that that final run you know when chicago finally beat detroit and broke through and you see the clip of rodman just pushing scotty into the into the stands and scotty just didn't react and john sally's like we knew right that i mean granted they were down in the series already but yeah we knew that shit this shit was over and it's it's cool hearing that hearing those interactions and shit like that you know oh yeah I mean, one of the ones that I rewatched while we were going through, one of the things as well to get their insight into those situations. Like you say, you know, you can read, you could read Rodman's autobiography, watch the bad boys, but then you hear what Jordan says about what he was doing. Then you get those kind of those secondhand perspectives on what's going on in his life. But one thing I, I rewatched it about five <laughs> times when Rodman starts talking oh, about yeah. rebounding, not, not the episode, just yeah. that 30 second clip where he's talking about rebounding. My missus is like, what are you doing? Going back, and I'm like, this is like, it's like Mozart describing yeah. music. Rodman describing how he rebounds. Like, it's just a complete genius at work. When you hear him talking about, like, and, you know, birds, ball span this way, and I knew if it came in at this arc, this is how it's going to rebound off. It's just fascinating to actually hear that mind. Because, you know, you just think he's a wacky character. Then you hear him think, and it's like, you're a genius. Oh, man, that, that, uh, that, I love that scene, too. That was, that was unbelievable. I was like, oh, this is just, like, solid gold right now. Like, like 
you know, yeah. I mean, he was the way he was talking about how he would practice. Like he's like, yeah, I just grab a buddy. We'd go to the gym and I'd just be like, you know, just shoot. And I'm just going to re- like who the fuck practices rebounding like that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's just like yeah. nobody, you know, like you, you kind of you don't usually practice rebounding specifically, not like that. But and then, yeah, just hearing him talk about it. And it's like he wasn't even like articulating it necessarily well he's just like yeah birds no. birds ball spin like this but mike ball spin like this but if mike shoots more but, but his hands are moving all over the place and like <laughs> but you just know like in his head like yeah, yeah. this all has a lot of meaning to him like yeah. he, you know he may not be articulating it clearly but like this is like he's he's doing his best to sort of um yeah it, it like it is like mozart like talking about music i mean this is the master like that I, he, I, as while he was talking about that i was like yeah there's no question this guy's the greatest rebounder in history like no doubt like yeah. i would i would i would stand by that yeah. take all day um especially after just hearing him talk about it like he was he had a passion for it like who, most guys don't have a passion for rebounding there's been like a few but like the, a lot of guys that are just great rebounders but man he was he was on another level and then when you watch the clips of him just like just tapping it around like I, that was a oh, scene yeah. I rewound a couple times where he was going up against like Derek oh, Strong yeah. or Anthony Avent or some guy on the Magic I don't even know who but where he's just tapping it around and you look at at what he's looking at and then what the other guy that's going for it is looking at it and the other guy's just like just looks discombobulated confused and Rodman just looks so comfortable <laughs> so in control even though it's kind of a chaotic play um, but man that guy was special he underrated like I think his personality has. Um, has done a lot to overshadow the player that he was, man, because holy shit, like not just his rebounding, but yeah, his defense, like, and that, that's been really cool. Just seeing those, oh, yeah. those clips of him, um, whether it was guarding Pippen, you know, in the, in the early nineties or the late eighties, like just the way he would lock people down. I mean, he was, that dude was a beast. He was, he was. And some of the other cool stuff that I found pretty fascinating was, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into the Pistons talk later, but I loved, um, when they were talking about Cleveland and with the, the Doug Collins stuff was actually really fascinating too. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. Just, I mean, dude, that dude can sweat through a shirt. Holy man. Can you sweat through a shirt. But yeah, it, it was, was really great. good, but it was funny hearing, um, you know, cause I had, I had, it just slipped my mind that Ron Harper was on that Cleveland team when, when Jordan hits the shot over, over Craig Elo and just the, the build up to that. I mean, you had Sam Smith who long time beat writer for the, uh, for the Bulls, I think I want to say he was with the Chicago Tribune on that, but he the Jordan rules, and I I, I read that it was funny, you know Michael Jordan who he just holds these grudges, and that's why he's just the mentally at least I'll say it like he's the mentally he's the toughest player of all time, and he comes in there and he points at each reporter right before that game and goes, "You said we were going to get swept, you said we were going to lose in this amount of games, and we go we gonna beat their ass tonight," or he's something something along those effects, and it's just it's just awesome, and he hits that shot over Craig Elo and he's basically like fuck you to all the media members that doubted him it was just it was just awesome and then you have the part that I forgot was Ron Harper was on that team and he's like man I should have been guarding Michael fuck that shit man it was it, just, it was awesome just, yeah. just hearing those behind the scenes stuff is 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 really really cool and I, I can't I can't wait for more episodes it's, it's so weird like I just you know we finished the the first two last night or the, the latest two last night. And I'm like, damn, like, I want to keep going. Like, let's get some more, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's horrible. We don't get the episode. We have to wait till next week. And by then, like, I just want to rewatch them again. But then I'm like, you know, my missus isn't going to sit through three and a half hours rewatching the episode so we can get it all in one experience. 
But yeah, I, I had no idea Ron Harper was on those Cleveland teams. Uh, I knew that Cleveland were seen as kind of coming into the 90s. They were meant to be seen as the future team. You know, they had Doherty, um, you know, Elo, Price, all that lot. And they were meant to be seen like that. But I had no idea. Team People were like, they're going to sweep them. You know, this isn't going to be a challenge. And it just shows you, you know, what the different perspective was of Jordan in 1990 and 89 when you got this, you know, suit. And you think back and right now we're looking back at it and we're like, those are some of the greatest individual seasons of all time. And people at the time were like, yeah, it doesn't matter though. Who yeah. Cares? Yeah. That was- go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think he had that that reputation back then. And it is hard to imagine. And again, that was before my time. So, like, I don't remember that. And you don't even hear it talked about that much that, I mean, it was like, yeah, I know it was a big deal when when they finally broke through, especially, you know, through the Pistons. But uh, but still, it's hard to imagine that Michael had that kind of, like, you know, good good stats, bad team guy <laughs> reputation a little bit back then. Um, you know, it was one thing that, like, really stuck out to me was the – that I think I've kind of always underappreciated was the significance of, of that first title, like that, that beating the Lakers. Um, And they framed it really well in the documentary where like, I think it showed an interview from before the series where he was talking about the importance of it. And he's saying that basically like he's looking to get on the same level as Larry and magic. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and then he, they win that series. And then after he's kind of like, yeah, now I'm, now I'm in that conversation. Like, it's cool to think of where he, cause now we consider him, you know, of course, like ahead of Larry and magic, obviously. Um, But like, it's, it's cool to think of him as like a, you know, 27, 28 year old and like still trying to catch up to magic and Larry, like magic and Larry were, were it man. And, and like, and just that, and then, you know, all the emotion he showed after after winning that first one, like that was such a big deal. But when I look back at Jordan's uh, titles, it's like I feel like we talk a lot about like the jazz the one where they beat the jazz or where they beat the Sonics um, or even that Sun series. Um, but like that Lakers one, man, that was a that was a really big deal beating Magic. Yeah, for sure. And people don't even remember just just the pressure that was on him, you know, to do that because he was labeled kind of kind of a ball hog before then. And one of the things about that series is, is, is crazy to me. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, Michael Jordan's my favorite player um, of all time is the big stage never phased him once, you know, he, in game one of the NBA finals, he misses a free throw that, and then the Lakers end up winning that game. And I'm sure the, uh, the media narrative was on there. Michael Jordan misses his free throw, but he didn't care. Like he was going to come back and take the next shot. It never phased him. And I remember, you know, again, the cool part about this is everybody that, that does a podcast is having like Zach Lowe just had Steve Kerr on. And I listened to that podcast and there's a, I can't remember which, which series it was, but Steve Kerr misses a three and it kind of, he's kind of got his head down and he's down and Michael Jordan just comes up to him and goes, come on, man, just hit the next one. Like that's just like, dude, the old, that team led by Michael, they were just fearless and the big moment never, it never got to him. And even it was, if you go back before, they beat the Lakers just to get there. I mean, beating the Pistons, who were their arch nemesis. And, I mean, I said I was going to say this. Freddie, I, I hope I don't say his last name wrong. Freddie Loom, like, he, he alluded to um, – it was really funny and really creative. But he was like how Michael Jordan, how he's like, fuck this. I got to go get bigger. Like, I got to go to the weight room. Like, I'm, I'm going to beat the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> back, And he finally beats them. And Fred, Freddie had a good thing about Kevin Durant. Like, oh, it was really cool seeing Kevin Durant hit the weight room and go in to beat Golden State. Oh, wait, it didn't happen. And it's just funny. <laughs> and it's just 
it, I mean, that's funny. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pro player movement. Like, I don't hate Kevin Durant for that, but I, I just thought it was funny. But it's, it just goes to how different it was back then. You know, like, dude, I'm, I am going to beat Detroit, and I'm going to beat Isaiah Thomas, and that was, you know, that he. Like I said earlier, he hates Isaiah Thomas to this day. Like Isaiah Thomas was supposed to be on the Dream Team. I'm sure we've all seen the Dream Team documentary. Like he's like, nope, I'm not playing if Isaiah's on it. And it's yeah. just you go back and, like I said, like I'm watching this just for the nostalgia for myself. But you you take some of that those examples and you apply them to the present day NBA, and it's it's just crazy to me how much things. Things have changed and probably, you know, for the better a little bit, like more player movement and things. But it's just like he, Michael Jordan and that Bulls team was not going to – they were not going to let Detroit beat them. And that's – you felt for them when they when they beat them, you know. I mean, Detroit, they were – they literally were the assholes of the NBA. No one liked them. Molly, I'm sorry, but everybody wanted to beat them, you know. So it was <laughs> it was crazy back then. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the weird thing for me, watch – because I knew, obviously, like you say, about the player empowerment – it didn't really exist, but it's so weird watching it, knowing you're just like it's right there in front of you. Like you don't even realize how much power you have, Michael, while you're sat there. Like you tell these guys to jump, they're gonna jump, and what are they gonna do? They're not gonna jump, and you're gonna leave. But this is just it's 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 baffling to think that they just it never really crossed their minds that you know, for Jordan, like I can dictate who the coach is, I can dictate you know, what players we bring in. I can control all of this because I am the league. I am, you know, the billion dollar golden goose of the league and I can make anyone do what I want. And he just, it never seemed to even cross his mind that maybe I'll do that. It's just, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, you can even see it in like the, you know, in like the more recent, inter- like the 97, 98, like the last dance season, even in some of his interviews where he's almost alluding to that um, I wouldn't say like threatening with it, but, uh, he's like, look, man, like we're, we're what got you here. Like speaking to the organization, like show, show some respect. And like, that would be, that would be different nowadays. Like the, the players would, would handle it differently. I mean, if it was, if it was nowadays, like, would he have even still been on the bulls in 1991, like that season where they finally won it? Like, would he, or would he have just dipped out, you know, in like in the late eighties, like, all right, this, I'm going to go find a better situation. I'm going to go team up with somebody. Like, I feel like guys nowadays, if they're on a, 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 a borderline playoff team for their first four or five years, they're like, you know, Anthony Davis or something like, all right, you know, we're like, we're going to move on to greener pastures, but um, I think it speaks to the era, but then, you know, he stuck with the bulls. Um, because that's how it was back then, and then ended up winning six titles. So it's like, man, I don't, maybe maybe some of these guys now that you know get to be five or six years with the team, and it's like, oh, they're wasting, they're wasting their <laughs> wasting away with this team. Like maybe just just stick with it, and um, and uh, and you know you can still have a lot of success because Jordan was already what twenty eight by the time he he won his first title. So I feel like guys get a little impatient nowadays. They get to be twenty seven, twenty eight, and they're like, all right, like you know, um. But, but I wonder how much of that is that now because Jordan set this precedent, they're chasing that kind of, I feel like I need to be this amazing success. You know, the clock's ticking on my career and I'm never going to catch up to these great players. Yeah, I think I that's I think that's part of it for sure. It's kind of funny how that worked out. But um, but yeah, I, I do think that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy everybody's chasing. He's the he's the gold standard without a doubt of, of the modern he- era. I mean, he's definitely the ghost, but I, I mean, oh, yeah. I agree with you, Jacob, a little bit on that, but I also think, I mean, we're going to look at it. I, I, I know the media narrative is that all oh, we push these players to, 
to win championships. But at the end of the day, I mean, you saw it. I mean, the backlash with that Kevin Durant decision was so strong. I mean, just, just, just kind of like it would, it would really be like, you know, just to, just to go back to the last dance that we're watching Michael Jordan being like, no, nah, man, like I'm just going to join Detroit because I can't win over here. I, I mean, that's kind of what it was like. But going back to your point, Brett, as well, I mean, you, just watching that, you know, with Scottie Pippen had the migraine and he was awful that, that season before they beat the Pistons. He was really bad. I mean, the, 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 the Bulls could easily have won seven titles. You know, they, they easily could have could have and probably should have beaten Detroit that year yeah. if, if Scotty doesn't get the migraine. And, and, and who knows what happens. Uh, yeah. That just goes to show you, I mean, again, Detroit, you had Boston, you had Detroit. Detroit went to three straight finals, you know. That's one back to back. And, you know, that was that was their arch nemesis. And even just even just watching it last night, like I even did a fist bump, you know, when they finally them. And it was it was it was just awesome, you know. <laughs> I, I I loved it. I love I love I'm just loving every single second of it. I I really do. I I think it's great, man. I I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I hear that. Um, it's it was cool when they were talking about when they were making the comparison between. Um, I forget who was. I think I want to say it was Paxson was was talking about it when he was saying that you know the Celtics were obviously the powerhouse in the East, and then Detroit had to get through Boston and they did. And then they were the Kings of the East and then Chicago had to get through Detroit and they did. And then they were the Kings of the East. Like it seems so, um, I don't know if it's the right word, but like linear back then, um, the, the sort of the, the way things unfolded over the course yeah. of, you know, 15 years or whatever in the Eastern conference. And it was just kind of, kind of cool to, um, to think of it that way. Like it, it was just from a narrative standpoint, um, that was, that was really neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was really just clean. Like you had the two teams; they met in the conference final. Then one of them beats the other one. Then the one that lost beats them, and there's this kind of unbroken chain. Like you know, um, Bird doesn't come back in '89 and beat the Pistons and kind of muddy that narrative. It is just straight Bird and the Celtics. They win, they win, they beat Detroit, they lose to Detroit. Then Detroit wins against the Bulls, wins against the Bulls, then loses to the Bulls. Yeah. There's no kind of back and forth. That's and it's just, yeah, it's hey, it's cool though. Shocking. Go on, check out one, one thing. I, I just wanted to say one thing that I wanted to see more from the last dance was I wanted to see more of just how incredible Jordan was in that '91 finals, because I mean, you guys know I did like a deep dive into Jordan versus LeBron finals performances, and I st- I was just completely shocked. I mean, Jordan's '91 finals performances for me is the best finals performance ever. Like he puts up like thirty-two, six and ten in five games, and it's just he just demolishes LA. And I was shocked that they just kind of glossed over how good he was in his first finals. For sure, man. I mean, and that's that's also the finals where he does. I think doesn't he switch hands? Like he's in the middle of he switches hands and dude. Yeah, he was just dominant. But just going back to back to Detroit real quick, and we'll get into the ninety-one finals. I my favorite um, thing about last night though was when. Um, you know, the Pistons uh, walking off the court after they lose, you know, because they're just, they, they just didn't want to deal with it. And Michael Jordan sitting there afterwards and being like, you know what? It's better that they did walk off the court because I knew it. I whooped their ass and that's what we wanted to do. And that was, that was, that was his <laughs> satisfaction for it. It was just the, the stuff that we're getting from Jordan with all this stuff is just, it's really cool, man. Because I mean, I haven't heard him kind of be like dishonest in, in a long time. If, if mm-hmm. ever and it's just it's just awesome like i like i said i, I sound like a broken record now 
I'll shut up, but I'm like, like I said, I'm like a, I'm like a kindergartner <laughs> that just like ate candy for the first time. <laughs> well, it's it, like, it, I, I was going to no, say, um, just, yeah, just about his reaction. Like it, it is, it's great to see that. Like the, especially with the, with the Isaiah thing, when Isaiah was, you know, talking about almost trying to justify them, uh, walking off the court like that without shaking hands. And Michael's just like, <laughs> he just flips a switch when they bring that up, you know, like, I mean, this guy's like, this is Michael Jordan. He's worth $2 billion. Like he is the goat. Like he, and, and still just the, as soon as that topic comes up, I mean, you can see it in his face. Like it brings something out of him and then they hand him the, the, the phone playing the video. And that's, I think that that's one thing I wanted to mention that I really liked about last night's episodes were how they did that. Like where they, I don't know, like, to be honest with you guys, I don't watch a lot of documentaries, even about sports. Like I haven't seen the Pistons one, for instance, I haven't seen a lot. So I don't know if this is something that, that they do a lot nowadays, um, like handing people a phone and like in capturing their reaction to something someone else in the documentary said, but I think it's fucking dope. And like when they, like the, the best part was when they were talking about Rodman's little vacation to Las Vegas and they give, they should, you know, they, they give a phone to, 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 uh, it's Michael talking about it, like recounting what happened. And then they give a phone to Dennis, a phone to Scotty and a phone to <laughs> Phil. And then it's just bouncing around yeah. to their reactions yeah. to, to, to Michael telling this story and they all remember it. And, uh, I just thought that was such a cool way to do it. And like, that kind of blew me away. I was like, Oh, that's dope. And that's something that wouldn't have been possible, you know, even like 15 years ago to, to be able to just hand somebody a phone on the spot with that and, and, and capture the reaction. Um, I, I, so I, I love that. It, it, it was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, what do you, yeah. Hey, I want to get you guys. Love just how you guys there. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. A little technical difficulties. We're back though. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. everybody. Hey, um, I'm probably not going to edit that out sure. too. We'll just keep it in there. Cause now you guys can see what we have to deal with. <laughs> Hey, I want to I want to get your guys kind of opinions and I, I don't want to I'm not going to ruin the pod, but we, we did do a coaching pod and none of us really said, you know, mentioned Phil Jackson. I mean, what are, what are your guys kind of thoughts on him? Like, I mean, I came away from this just being like, damn, man, Phil, I know I said Popovich the other day. But damn, man. I mean, might be recency bias, but Phil Jackson is that good. I mean, just to that cast of characters and then you think about the L.A. teams and that cast of characters. I mean. He's he's really really good. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, I, I'm just curious to get your guys' thoughts on that, especially with the Dennis Rodman stuff. With the um, like he's a he's a comeback or a walk back when they were talking about Native American. I probably probably said that wrong, but it, it, it's just like damn man. Like he's he just gets it and he gets each individual player and he knows how to he knows how to get the best out of everybody. It, it's really really fun and incredible to watch. I mean, I, I, I hope that they just do one episode on Phil because it, it, it's, it's really, really cool to watch. I, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, yeah, he, uh, man, I was thinking the same thing too because I picked Pat Riley when I think the question on that podcast was like, you know, if you were starting a franchise, right, or which coach would you go with? And I went with Riley, but I was kind of yeah. thinking that too watching this, like Phil, Phil might be my guy. I think what he called Rodman, I believe the word was Heoka, uh, <laughs> uh, back, backwards walker. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was so cool. Guy. That just there, um, how he described it as like a Native American bond, and um, that was kind of their common ground. And and he's like, yeah, you're the the backwards walker on on this team in this tribe, of this tribe. Um, so that that was really cool. And then it, it just their their overall bond is something I don't think I ever 
fully appreciated. And I thought it was interesting when I think it was Rick Talender, the author, was talking about Phil as a player and describing him as like an early model Dennis Rodman. And I'd never thought about that, but I think there was a lot of similarities there too, just their style of play or at least their their mentality on the court. Um, so that was those two was huge i don't know if rodman at that stage in his life and in his career could have um excelled to anything approaching that degree under a less understanding less open-minded coach well especially especially at at that point i mean obviously chuck daly's another another great coach and but chuck daly had a very different dennis rodman than 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 phil jackson Mm -hmm. jacob kind of what what do you think about that man Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean i think the problem is because Phil is, you know, he has the 11 rings. He was called the GOAT coach. And then kind of after things like the posse comments, after the New York Knicks job, he kind of, this is, I mean, it's doing a lot of, I think, PR repair for Phil Jackson's position in the general public as that kind of GOAT coach. And yeah, I think his ability to really connect with people is what it's really bringing out. Because I remember hearing um, Shaq talk about, and and um, Phil Jackson saying kind of Phil used to kind of play people against each other in the team because he was really looking for these moments kind of later in the season, these moments where the team would just kind of gel. You know, it's like a sitcom. You know, we have these small little microaggression, these kind of these divisions within us and they make us stronger over time. And that's kind of that was Phil's approach, apparently. And he used to give people books at the start of the season, which kind of he thought they should read, which really helped them explore their own character. And I thought that was, you know, that's the type of thing that people just don't do. And his ability to understand that narrative, like just calling the last season the last dance, it's just, you know, he's able to just kind of say what he wants people to think. And it kind of forces them in the direction that he wants them to go in. And that I think is really exemplifies how he's able to control these huge egos and characters and get them to just love him. I mean, you hear Jordan talk about him. You hear Shaq talk about him or Rodman. These guys that, yeah, lesser coaches would just, they could just completely lose them. And Phil is able to I'm sorry. It's amazing. Oh, no. I I just, I was, do you guys think he's, like, is he, is he for sure done, done as a coach? I mean, I know he's probably, he's got to be in his, might be in his early 80s now I'm not even sure but like do you think he's done done because like I was just thinking about well my main question is like do you think we'll ever see another guy like that like is there is there anyone in the league right now a head coach that even resembles him remotely in his approach um in terms of you know the zen master stuff the sort of like you know that kind of ego management because there's a couple teams right now that I mean, I, I don't think Phil has any interest in coaching anymore, but, like, God, imagine a guy like that coaching Philadelphia. Like, that's – I know that was something we talked about on that other podcast too, and I feel like that's what they need is, like, that kind of ego management. Yeah. And I'm just – Phil's approach seemed to be so successful, and it was with, with different teams. Um, but uh, I don't feel like we have anybody yeah. like that in the league. And I'm just wondering if, like, another Zen master is going to come along one of these days. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm going to say no to coaching. I can't see him ever being a head coach again. I mean, just uh, just with the travel, and I know he's got health issues, and I'm sure he probably, I'm sure he's happy, you know, living on his ranch in Montana, smoking peyote, living, <laughs> living, living the dream, and and cashing in with his uh, enjoying his riches. But I mean, to answer the second question, I mean, I don't know, man. Like that's that's a really good point with Philadelphia, and just how would somebody like that in today's social media play out? You know, because you have 
back then, you know, with the last dance in the nineties, the bulls were, they, they, they literally were the Beatles, you know, everywhere they went, it was, it was insane with the paparazzi yeah. and every word that, that somebody on that team said was on sports center. And it, it'd be interesting. Well, I shouldn't say it's interesting. We saw it with the Knicks, right? I mean, Jacob, you bring up a good point. I mean, we saw it granted. He wasn't the coach, but we saw kind of how social media kind of treated him. Now, again, you know, he wasn't the head coach and he was kind of in charge of something that he probably shouldn't have been in charge of. But I mean, I don't think social media kind of reacted uh-huh. to him as well as the Bulls and the Lakers did, if that makes any sense. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, that was one of the things when I heard Shaq talk about these kind of how he would take these little jabs, he would make like subliminal messaging to the media. And I think that, it, well, yeah, once we enter the social media age and he's not just, he's not the coach anymore. He's the GM. He's removed from the team. He doesn't have that personal relationship and he takes that same approach. It just seems to really backfire. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure from, from answering Brett's question. I don't think yeah. physically he could obviously. No, you're, you're, out. I think that was but, a bad, that was a bad fit yeah, in, in I, New York think, for sure. Like, you know, the guy's a coach. He's not a GM. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't, although he did, I think the, the players he drafted were kind of, I mean, Chris Stapps and Frankie <laughs> He Smart, did draft so Chris Stapps, man. I mean, maybe like, drafting. yeah. So uh, shit. I mean, yeah, you got to give him credit for that. Um, He's seventy. He's seventy four. I just yeah. looked it up. So he's the same age as, as Trump. He's younger than Biden. <laughs> I mean, he's old. He's old. But he's getting up there, but he's not oh, quite wow. as old as I thought he was. But yeah, I, I I don't think he had any interest in coming back. Yeah, but but for your second question, Brett, though, I think the person that I think he's not a perfect fit in a lot of ways, but I think mm. Kerr is probably the closest to that ego management and that kind of that slightly different philosophy that kind of laid back give the player give the players the rope like they're saying phil would give dennis the enough rope to kind of you know be himself i think kerr does that i think obviously we can pick out kd as kind of draymond too KD. you I can do draymond just, as well he's kd yeah 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 but he, yeah. he handles draymond i mean draymond loves him draymond you know, we'll go to war for this guy. And he, you think under a lot of coaches, I think Draymond would have been traded for like two second round picks or something because they just couldn't handle him. But you see what he does. And obviously Steph and Clay have this, their own, they are the lowest maintenance superstars, I think, of this decade. But it's, yeah, I think. That's a good call. That's a really good call. You're right. I mean, it is. You're absolutely right. And it makes sense, obviously, considering um, Kerr's basketball pedigree, like the, all the years he spent under Phil. And, and yeah, Dr- and Draymond, like Draymond's probably the closest thing we have to Rodman in terms of like um, being a, a really good player, a great defensive player who's also highly controversial and kind of a, a loose cannon. I mean, they're obviously very diff- unique individuals, but um. But yeah, I think that's I think that is a good comparison. I think Kerr probably is the closest thing we've seen to Phil. Yeah, and he's had a lot of success. I think it's a great approach. I agree. And he does, I mean, Jacob, you're spot on as well, man. I mean, yeah. he really does. Steve Kerr lets his players kind of do their own thing. I mean, and just even just the the public support for Kevin Durant. I mean, we all know how Kevin Durant can be and how affected he is by social media. And and Steve Kerr <laughs> just basically saying, you know, Kevin Durant's the best one on one player that they have. He's their best player, all while you know, he's got the two-time back-to-back MVP, you know, just just sitting on the bench, which, yeah, I mean, that's that's a yeah. really, really good call. You know, the more that I think about it, you know, Brett, like, that's that's spot on. Steve Steve Kerr's a good one. Um, What um episodes, what, what are you to? Like, what do you guys 
want to see? Do you want to see, like I, I said, I want to see a little bit more Phil Jackson. Do you want to see, you know, just kind of how they, the, the Utah Jazz, they kind of tease a little bit. And we have heard, I mean, Bill Simmons has said it on a couple pods and a couple other people that have watched this whole thing have said, like, you're going to see Jordan these next couple episodes. Like, you're going to see the, the asshole in him. So I'm curious, Brett, what, what, what are you looking forward most to and what do you kind of want to see with these last couple episodes we have? I'm looking forward to uh, to to hearing about some of the other guys on the team because that's one thing that's also um, struck me as I've been watching this is I went into it thinking it's a Michael Jordan documentary, but it's 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 almost more about the team, about the Bulls. Um, so uh, so that's been cool. But yeah, we haven't heard from we haven't seen anything about Kukoc or or Luke Longley barely at all, and I feel like those are a couple of really interesting guys. So um, I'm looking forward to that, and then. Uh, just seeing, it seems like, you know, they're just kind of gradually building up to the last dance season. And they're, you know, they're throwing in little snippets from 97, 98 throughout. But um, I think we're just gradually building to that point. And then I think there's, I don't think we've, you know, seen, maybe seen barely the tip of the iceberg in terms of the the footage that everyone's talking about. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to go through his, I, I'm imagining his, his, First retirement's got to be coming up pretty soon. I don't know if that'll be next week. I, I feel like there's already they've already kind of yeah. released what's going to be happening next week. But like I haven't really paid attention to that or any of the leaks or anything. Like I just want to see it when it comes on and not have any expectations and and just kind of be surprised. So I don't really have any expectations, but I, I'm just kind of looking forward to more of the same and then um, and just some coverage of some of the other guys on the team because um, I don't know a lot about. Tony Kukoc I think I kind of overlooked him at that time when he was playing um and uh and and even like Longley you know like just this this uh Australian dude um you know uh it seems like a cool guy and uh I'm just I want to I don't know if they have any interviews with him or if he's participating in this or what but yeah yeah I think I've seen him I think Online. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was there. So he, you know, but on. yeah, <laughs> him and him and Kukoc, I want to, I want to see what's up with them. And then just obviously more of the, more of the main guys. And yes, more of Phil. Phil is, Phil is fascinating. He uh, is, man. Every time, it, every time it cuts to him, it's just like, ah, yes. Like, yeah, uh, for sure. He's got that raspy, that raspy ass voice too. That I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I want to see some more Kukoc. And I really want to <laughs> see kind of what, what Jacob's response is going to be as we get a little, a little more in to this documentary because the that Chicago Bulls team when they got Tony Kukoc I mean they were kind of they were the original kind of small ball team that we see I mean everyone you know they didn't shoot the three obviously because no one really shot the three back then but you had you know Ron Harper Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen Dennis Rodman and Tony Kukoc and Dennis Rodman was he would have been he would have been a, a five in today's NBA and he would have been guarding he would have been switching one through five and that would have been the modern day you would see that team. I mean, they had five athletes. They're all interchangeable. They all can handle the ball. Maybe not so much Dennis, but I mean, they, it was, it's really cool when you kind of see that team and how it compares to today's NBA. So I really want, I'm excited to get Jacob's reaction to that. Jacob, what are you, what are you kind of looking forward to, man? (laughs) Well, to latch on to what you guys said, just for that one thing that really stuck out to me in the Rodman footage, was how intelligent he was on the court. Like, you see those little touch passes he's doing, those extra passes. And I'm watching, I'm like, when, like, this Rodman is just, he isn't just this rebounding, defending guy. Like, you see him picking these guys out and these 
you know, driving down on a fast break and he's, yeah, just doing like touch passes to the guy for the layup. And I'm like, that's really like, you know, we talk about him as this kind of, not one dimensional player, but this just rebounding machine. And but I think his touch on the floor is actually quite underrated. He could have been a lot more than what he was. If he, you know, for sure, man, he could have, he could have been, I mean, Jacob, you're spot on. He would, in today's NBA, he would have been phenomenal. I mean, he, he really, really from a, just from a defensive perspective, he, he would have been fantastic, but I'm sorry to cut you off there. Go ahead and uh, kind of finish your thought. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But well, just that, I mean, I was just going to be adding on to what you said about, I want to see more Kuko. The fact he hasn't come up yet is a bit weird. I think the fact that we're kind of focusing on 98 and we're saying, you know, Scotty goes down, Rodman becomes the number two, Scotty comes back, Rodman becomes number three, and we're kind of not touching on Kukoc kind of really being, for a lot of those um, games, he was the second option on offense. When Scotty's not there, it's, you know, you're giving Kukoc the ball as kind of this kind of big prototype, almost Ginobili figure. But uh, that's one thing I want to see. And I want to see um, Long Lucas. I've, I didn't know about him, but I remember Kerr doing an interview saying about how he thinks Longley's the most disrespected guy on that team because the amount that Longley sacrificed and the amount of important things he did in terms of, um, you know, allowing the rest of that, that team to play how they did, he thought Longley was super important. But things I think they're going to touch, because obviously they're jumping back and forth. I think they're going to get into the Bulls' first dynasty, 92-93, I think they're going to bring in Barkley at some point. You got to bring in Barkley a bit. He's just he's he's too big a character. And then I think they will probably get on to you know his father's murder, the first retirement, that kind of thing. And then by that time time we're up to like episode six. Then in seven and eight you kind of you bring him back. You have the ninety six season, you know the greatest team of all time season. And then you know in eight you kind of move through that nine and ten. That's kind of the direction I see it going. Yeah, in terms of for sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I could see these next two ending with his with the retirement. I, I hope that they do. I also want to see though. I want to see a kind of a little yeah. bit of a dive on the the year the Bulls won fifty five games when Jordan retired, and you had the um, you know the Scotty Pippen Tony Kukoc thing, where where Phil Jackson drew up a play for Kukoc and Scotty got mad, and Scotty, you know, oh, yeah. kind of he was very very unapologetic the next day. And I just kind of want to see how that affected the team and kind of what the dynamic was. I think that's that would be pretty fascinating because, again, Tony Kukoc, I think – I want to say Steve Kerr has said before, like his nickname was the waiter and how good he was overseas. And I know, Brett, you and I talked about it on one of the pods, how you know he was the best player on the Croatian team and how Scotty and Michael just locked him down. But I, I'm really – I, I want to see that the Tony Kukoc one is a good one. I'm really curious. And I do kind of want to see the real, cause I know Scotty was pissed off when they brought in Tony because he wanted, you know, he wanted to get paid and, and Tony was definitely Jerry Krause's guy and they all hated Jerry Krause. And I, I'm just, I really want to see that dynamic and how it plays out. I think that that's going to be pretty fascinating. I think. Yeah. And that was definitely, um, that's probably where they'll bring him in too. Is that season uh, where Jordan was gone and where Kukoc came? Um, that's probably where they'll. I'm guessing, like, sort of introduce him is like his rookie season, and then, and then they'll go through all that. And and they, I'm sure they'll talk about that that last shot situation with Pippen. 
but uh yeah it's we've got like just just listen to this what we're all talking about now is like man we've oh, yeah. still got so much to look forward to and uh i just i love how it's paced i love how it jumps back and forth um yeah i, I mean it's it's like it's like the perfect documentary you know and as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah one th- one thing that i think didn't that we don't really bring up as much and I think really plays into Jordan's favor when we speak about his kind of historical narrative as did Jordan make people better? And then you see him in the 90 to 91 off season and you hear them just raving about how Jordan's work ethic, how he approached it made Scotty better. It made, you know, Horace Grant saying how much better it made him. And you just hear like, you know, he doesn't have to, do all this stuff on the floor, you know, getting guys easy shots. He off the floor is the hardest working guy and that drags everyone else up. And actually I asked my missus, cause obviously I was like, you've seen all four episodes. Is there anything you want to say in the podcast? And she just said, she just said, I love that. I love that. That's life. great. That's great. I love it, man. I think, I think we'll probably end with that. Um, thank you guys yeah, for kind of, for kind of jumping on on this Monday. And I'm sure, I mean, who knows, maybe, <laughs> We'll kind of see how, how this plays and how this goes. And maybe kind of we'll, we'll do our usual podcast that we normally do on Sunday. And maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll keep this going. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll try to do another Monday one and just kind of recap and, and, and kind of giving our thoughts in an, in an up-to-date format. But, yeah, I, th- I think this is great. I mean, this is so much fun to watch, Jacob. I'm glad that you, that you and your, your missus are getting to watch it, Brett. I'm glad that, you know, kind of you and I are kind of reliving our, our childhood, so to speak. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again because I don't think it, it's been said enough, but damn Carmen Electra. Woo! 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is not. She, man, she's still throwing fastballs. Woo! Uh, <laughs> all right, but we'll uh, – um, appreciate you guys a bit of – of some technical stuff. I'll try to try to work on getting some of that, that out of there. I know it, it's storming pretty bad here by me. So I think that's, that's kind of what it is, but I think this, uh, this will be fun. So appreciate it guys. And we'll, uh, we'll see everybody uh, next week. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Later. Bye-bye.